This week on the podcast, a little nonprofit news from nonprofitnewsfeed.com for the week of May 10th. Hi, Carisha. Hi, Nick. How's it going? Hi, George. Hey, George. Doing well. Doing well today. We've got some news to cover. Nick, why don't you kick us off with a summary? Sure, I can kick us off. So our first story is, of course, the sad news that Bill and Melinda Gates have filed for divorce. After 27 years of marriage, Bill and Melinda Gates of the Gates Foundation have filed for divorce divorce, um, rocking one of the largest philanthropic organizations in the process. Now, the Gates Foundation, which was co-founded by both Bill and Melinda Gates, initially began working to provide internet access to libraries throughout the United States. However, it has now grown to a massive philanthropic operation, distributing nearly $5 billion annual in grants and employs about 1,600 people. Um, this was news that seemingly caught the foundation off guard. Um, but I guess that's kind of a wait and see. Now, this New York Times article about what happens next at the foundation asserts that it will have ramifications, but that the foundation's $50 billion endowment is in a charitable trust that is irrevocable, meaning that it can't really be removed or divvied up. Um, So it seems like the foundation, for the most part, is safe and won't change all that drastically. Um, But definitely something to keep an eye on and kind of makes you think whether, um, you know, think about the fact that this organization, which is leading the charge in many ways for the global COVID vaccination project, could be potentially rocked by a personal relationship. kind of kind of crazy where do you where do you even start with something like this you know i think one of it is you kind of have to to laugh in a head shaking way at looking at massive institutions in the nonprofit sector think about it one of the biggest foundations moving the needle on so many amazing causes effectively you know can be shaken a bit by one relationship now you know let's parallel that to Amazon, right? Did you see the questioning of Amazon delivering your packages being questioned when Bezos got a divorce the other year? No, right? And so like, there's just a little bit of like, stop and shake your head at how silly, I gotta be honest, the institution of family foundations building themselves up as institutions really are and how stable those may be because they're only as stable as the relationships sometimes that they're built on. Now. It is what it is. There are, you know, very many wealthy individuals that choose to create these family foundations in their name and they're run equally until death do us part or wait, divorce do us part. And that changes the landscape. I think on the upside here, um, you know, uh, it was Mackenzie Scott, right? That was um, Bezos's wife, right? Like she went off to go donate five five bills (laughs) last year. And it has been shown that uh, Melinda Gates is actually giving uh, profile is is markedly different than her husband's one and certainly investing a lot more in when you look it up uh, into women led businesses uh, into social causes. So this could be a boom for, you know, folks that, uh, you know, if you don't happen to be in the, the library business or, or, or malaria business, there may be a new opportunity to reach out to uh, one of the gates uh, for for new philanthropic opportunities. But you know, the 
point that you make subtly, Nick, uh, that we have an organization like leading the charge in, in COVID and malaria and a lot of uh, guided dollars in our sector was built upon a relationship that now you're like, what's going on? In a, in a silly way that just doesn't happen in the for-profit sector. So there's, there's my hand ringing. I hope they're I hope their kids are okay, and I hope uh, the job of all those folks, you know, remain intact and the great work continues. I, I am very sure that they have done it in a responsible way. They've been talking about it since 2019, so it, it, it is an overnight for them. And it's time to feed the whales with a quick ad about Whole Whale University. This is our best online content packaged in courses. We're talking SEO, content marketing, Google ad grants, cybersecurity, and tons of webinars and other templates for you to use. You can buy them individually or as an annual subscription. Uh, We really put our best work in here. And if you're interested in the topics in this podcast that we tend to cover, we go a mile deep with these courses. That's wholewhale.com slash university. For sure. Absolutely. We wish them and their foundation all the best. But moving into our next story, this one is about nonprofits and foundations on the front lines of tackling vaccine hesitancy. So, of course, the global and especially national push to get folks vaccinated is underway. And two organizations that are in some way Leading the charge here, at least from the the nonprofit side, are the organizations Ad Council and the Kaiser Family Foundation with different sorts of digital and advertising outreach and really just kind of exemplifies now that um, demand is no longer outstripping supply um, and that our ability to vaccinate the country is depends on demand for vaccines and communicating with people and answering people's questions and um, helping them get the facts they need to make that decision to get the vaccine. Um, this is now kind of the, the chief effort of the vaccine rollout program and is being recognized as such by both these nonprofits and foundations and even the government, which is starting to treat the vaccine rollout like something like a get out the vote campaign. Um, so just calling out there are some great organizations doing the work Um, the groundwork, really, um, to help folks get the information they need to make informed choices. And this is happening with large nonprofits and foundations, but also on the much smaller community level. Um, You know, community organizations, community faith-based organizations, um, stepping up to do their part uh, to get folks the information they need to feel confident about getting a vaccine if they're hesitant currently. Yeah, I'll say also just to disclose, both Ad Council and Kaiser Family Foundation are past uh, whole well clients. Um, that's on our site, and you know it doesn't change the fact that we have to turn to nonprofits. The government, the media have been shown as maybe questionable sources of truth for a certain audience in our country. Sometimes very well deserved, and sometimes unfairly. That aside, we turn to nonprofits when it comes to trust. The annual Edelman Trust research comes out consistently showing that of the four major areas, you know, businesses, media, government, nonprofits of sources of knowledge and information and truth, guess what? Nonprofits are in the lead. And this is uh, just showing how they are, frankly, going to be necessary, quintessential in getting us toward or as close as we can toward herd immunity in the country. Uh, So team nonprofits, go get them. 
Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Carisha, can you walk us through our summary articles, please? Yeah, some interesting headlines this week. Our first headline reads, Twitter launches tip jar, um, which could also be a potential pathway to nonprofit donations. Um, if you are a Twitter user, I'm sure you've seen this tip jar feature that's been uh, rolled out to a select few of creators, journalists, things like that on Twitter, um, where it makes it so much easier for users on Twitter to be able to donate money for people's content, which is super exciting um, for those specific people. But what this really shows is that it could create a pathway for nonprofits to be able to also use this tip jar um, for donations and fundraising, similar to what we may have seen with Facebook fundraisers. Um, so it's a really exciting development. I've definitely seen it in some of the people that I follow um, who create really great content. Um, and hopefully as this rolls out even further, um, nonprofits could have a hand in it as well. Yeah, hopefully it's the underlying architecture for frictionless uh, fee-free, may I add, based on where it is right now and what I've stated, fee-free way for nonprofits to finally do fundraising on Twitter. Fingers crossed. It'd be awesome. Yeah. We'll definitely see as it gets rolled out even further. Um, our next headline reads, a nonprofit promised to preserve wildlife, then it made millions claiming it could cut down trees. Um, this is an interesting article um, that is a little bit confusing the first couple times that I read it, but it basically tracks uh, the Massachusetts Audubon Society, which is a uh, conservation in Massachusetts where lots of people go for uh, nature watching, hikes, and things like that. Um, they basically were able to uh, collect these carbon credit coins that um, organizations and companies can essentially buy to kind of uh, offset their carbon footprint. Um, and it really looks at kind of the net amount of carbon that's put out into the air. Um, so these are really great for, you know, um, oil companies and companies like that, that have a larger carbon footprint. Um, however, they've been kind of under a more critical eye as they sold these carbon credits and also cut down some trees, resulting in an increased net carbon increase. Um, so some interesting stuff. It's a pretty interesting article as you kind of read about the ways that the government has policies um, and legislature to really cut down on net carbon emission, um, which is an interesting concept. Yeah, it's important to follow um, the actual path of the carbon and not get, not get lost in it. And, you know, I think good investigation, good work here by uh, ProPublica, right? This was mm -hmm. a ProPublica piece that they... Um, they came out with and you just, you know, got to follow the money to follow the carbon and also consider when you have uh, conflicting incentives out there uh, and, and hopefully it tightens it up. I, I think everything should be on the blockchain. Just put those trees in the blockchain. It'll solve all the problems. There you go. Boom, done. Next problem. For sure. We have more news in trees. Our next headline reads, what if trees covered half of New Orleans? Um, and New Orleans is trying to increase their forestation. Um, they had a goal um, within New Orleans to have to increase the tree canopy to cover 50% of the city by 2030. Um, and New Orleans is one of the most deforested cities um, in our nation. So they're about 11 years into the process right now with about nine years left. Um, and they're committing uh, about $140,000 to re a restore reforestation plan. Um, say that three times fast. This is founded by uh, the Sustaining Our Urban League Foundation, um, SOUL, in other words, founded by Susanna Burley, and they're 
collecting volunteers to really push for more trees to be planted across New Orleans, um, which is a really exciting venture. I'm all about this. I love tree planting programs. It was one of my favorite initiatives, like in New York and Bloomberg put out the like 1 million trees. It was amazing. But think about it, like trees are actually going to reduce the damage caused by wind and storms. They're going to repain more and towards the soil. They reduce the albedo of the city because the sun hits and it doesn't reverberate back up into a little urban heat bubble. Uh, it makes things greener, cleaner, and come on, more trees, everybody. Um, more trees. Yeah. I remember when, um, Bloomberg presented the, the new trees in New York and all of a sudden my block was like full of these baby trees that were held up by two sticks, um, which was fun. <laughs> Our next and last headline reads, um, every day we're getting survivors. Nonprofits are overwhelmed by the um, uptick in domestic violence cases. This article comes from um, South Florida where they're finding that Domestic violence cases have gone up about 8% um, since the start of COVID. Um, and this is kind of something that we've seen uh, with other clients and in the news as people are staying home more. Um, it creates more instances for domestic violence to happen, um, especially as quarantine um, and other protocols are coming into play. Um, so nonprofits are getting calls left and right, especially in South Florida. Um, definitely a huger or a larger uptick since last year, but something to keep an eye on, especially if your organization and nonprofit are looking to help people who are experiencing domestic violence um, and keeping track of those trends as well. Yeah. I mean, it's one story, but it is by no means an anomaly. And it's part of, part of a trend that hopefully opens up as people can get back to healthier lifestyles and, you know, the support they need. Okay. Should we move on to the final feel good story from Nick? Sure. I have a feel-good story from for us. Um, this one comes from Manhattan Beach, California, and it's about a bunch of kids who got together last summer, and they started selling bracelets to raise money for rescue dogs at local shelters. And these kids raised enough money initially last summer to rescue couple dogs and their father actually nurtured and kind of coached them into these kids creating their own self-sustaining little social enterprise. Um, the kids are able to learn business and entrepreneurial skills while also giving back to the community and those cute little dogs. Um, so just a feel-good story and I love the idea of, of having kids uh, contribute in this kind of way. It's It's so beneficial this kind of hands-on tactile experience it's awesome yeah hats off to the to the dad over there being like what sure it's a nonprofit, but guess what he's like talking about how they have to learn slack accounting software how to build basic websites and skills to run the company it's a great contact say so you're doing good but by the way it's still a business Nonprofits are a business if you want them to be run right well done all right, that's what we have for you, nonprofitnewsfeed.com. Get the links and information. Signing up for the weekly free emails, free like rainbows and butterflies. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com university to keep learning with us. Thanks as always to Greg Thomas Music.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you. 